You are listening to She's Unlocked, episode number 24. Welcome to She's Unlocked, the podcast for the woman who uses every day to grow, shows up authentically, and is always pushing boundaries. This is your place for all things confidence, mindset, and everything you face as a modern woman. If you're ready to embrace self-love on a new level, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, master certified life coach, freelance MUA, and digital creator, Sheridan Leatherberry. Are you ready to become unlocked? Hello, friends. Welcome back to the pod. So happy to be here with you guys. So today we are going to be chatting about, it's it's going to be a mixture of things, but I just had this download the other day, right, where I have been in the process of revamping my creative process of revamping how I'm creating content and how I'm putting it out there. And with that comes a lot of research, right? Like research on, you know, what's currently trending, what, you know, the best platforms are, where I should be posting things and, you know, what's currently happening in the world of social media, right? So as I'm doing this research, I am realizing a really common trend in a lot of the creators that I love, that I look up to, and it's that like they're full on in the dramatics, right? Like when I reference those makeup videos um, where it's like a transition and it goes from being not glam to full glam, right? Like whether you're lip syncing or doing some sort of gesture um, for the transition, like the more into it you are, the better it is, the harder it hits, the cooler it looks. And it made me laugh because I started thinking like, Everyone tells me, oh my gosh, you're so dramatic, right? Even since I was a child. And it made me realize like that's just one of my qualities I have that I need to lean into more because I've always kind of toned it down a little bit. Uh, I think because of this conditioning over time since I was a child. So that brings me into our topic of today, which is everything that I was made fun of for when I was younger is what will make me a star, literally every single thing you guys and so we're gonna kind of throw it back to you know even as far as elementary school all the way through middle school all the way to high school days um, and even in college kind of some of the things that I was made fun of for um, believe it or not I was not the ultra popular girl that everybody wanted to be friends with I had friends I was more that person in high school who would like coast from friend group to friend group friend group um and kind of you know was on decent terms with everybody but when it came to having like quality meaningful friends I didn't really have money and uh something that would happen a lot would be like there would be you know this group of mean girls who would like pretend to want to be my friend and then they would always end up fucking me over somehow Um, so that gives you a little bit of the insight. And then in middle school, I was like the weird horse girl still, I would say like, that was my identity primarily through all grade school, (laughs) but I'm talking, I would wear my cowboy boots to school. I would wear the same jeans, the same tie dye hoodie, like whatever I would wear to the barn to go to lessons after school. 
um, that was what I would wear. And, you know, my hair would be like slicked back in this like greasy ass bun because I was still figuring out hygiene. And that's pretty much who I was for the most part until I was finally allowed to. Well, I kind of discovered eyeliner like in middle school a little bit when I was showing horses and I was able to like wear that during competitions. And then eventually, I don't know if I, I don't even remember if I like asked my mom if I could wear it to school or if I just kind of started doing it um, and trying it myself. I'm pretty sure I must have like asked her if I could borrow her eyeliner or something. So it was definitely that blue eyeliner that had like little flecks of sparkle in it. <laughs> it was like, and I would just line that baby up like top and bottom. That was when I kind of started wearing makeup. And then I noticed people kind of started treating me differently. At first it was in a good way, but then it was kind of, you know, double-edged sword. So there's your history lesson on me <laughs> and my childhood experience socially. Um, and we'll get a little more into it too, but I want to kind of go through some of these qualities that I notice about myself that I would be made fun of for wearing makeup. As I mentioned, that became one of them. So in high school, then it was like, oh, she wears too much makeup. She always wears so much makeup. Oh, why is she wearing makeup? Like, you know, whatever. And then another one would, I would say maybe being passionate um, and then another one would be being loud and expressive. So like, I also was a theater kid and I, I wish I would have stuck with it more in high school because I honestly think that I would have made more friends that way. <laughs> um, but it's hard because I went to a whole new high school from middle school, like a totally different school district and had to make all new friends and all of that. When I was in theater, I loved it, you guys. I would play it up, I would give accents, I would give spice, I would give personality, I would project like I was that person they didn't even have to mic up because <laughs> I was just on it, right? And, uh, you know, that's also something that some people have, right? Like it's celebrated in theater, but then some people have commented on that throughout my life I've been told oh you're so loud oh you're so you know over the top right or expressive and um it became something that then I was being condemned for so you know funny enough another thing coming up for me that I didn't write down in my notes here was in middle school you know all through grade school and up to middle school I was so such a straight-a student I was that kid who like paid so much attention, didn't have to work very hard on the homework, never really had to study for tests or quizzes. Like I was just on it, especially reading. I loved reading. Like we had this big library full of books at my house and I was that kid who would like stay forever in the library at school. I would be obsessed with book fairs. I would love finding new books. I was super into like, uh, <laughs> like pony pals or like uh there was this I was like thoroughbred something I don't know any of any of my fellow horse girls or ex-horse girls or retired horse girls I should say will know what I'm talking about but they're heartland like there's plenty of um storylines with horses and them that I would like go crazy for I would read freaking chapter books on chapter I would read like three books in a weekend like I was a psycho so then in middle school when I noticed like I was getting more positive attention from wearing eyeliner people would girls would ask me girls who like weren't normally my friends or would never talk to me 
they would say, oh my gosh, like, you know, will you do my makeup? Will you do my eyeliner? And I then became the locker room makeup artist (laughs) where I was doing girls makeup and I would essentially like help glam them in the locker room either after gym class or whatever. So, um, which is funny because like now thinking about it, I'm sure their parents were like, uh, where did you get that? Like (laughs) when they came home, I don't know, maybe they took it off. I don't know. But yeah, so I was getting attention from like girls who wanted to be my friends and then guys who normally would make fun of me, who would throw basketballs at my head in gym class, who would like steal stuff out of my locker. And like, I know people may say, oh, that's them flirting. No, it's not, babe. Like this was like genuinely bullying. Like they would say mean ass shit to me. And I would cry. (laughs) Anyway, I don't think we should normalize men being violent or rude to women as like a form of affection. I think that's also another really toxic trait. But anyway, I digress. I would start getting attention from guys more. Like not anything crazy, but like, you know, seventh, eighth grade, like they would kind of try to talk to me. Um, I had my first, this guy asked to be my boyfriend and we held hands. Like, you know, little stuff like that. And I... Before I had, like, my first little boyfriend, who all we did was hold hands, um, you know, I had crushes and things like that, but it was so new to me that guys would actually notice me because, um, yeah, I was also the person that, like, they would hand the note to to, like, ask the other girl out. It was like, oh, can you give this to, you know, so-and-so? And I would be like, oh, yeah, no problem. So, like, that was me. <laughs> Can anyone relate? Please tell me I'm not alone in this experience. I totally forgot that even was a thing until I'm telling you guys this. See, the subconscious mind is just giving us what we need to know right now. So anyway, with this attention, I noticed that some of the guys that I thought at the time were cool or that I liked, they wouldn't really do their homework. They never really were into reading. And so I would literally lie to the teacher that I didn't do the homework or that I didn't read the chapter, even though I probably read like the chapter and a half or like twice what we were supposed to read. And I would pretend like I didn't know so that not only would they not make fun of me, but they would then like be kind of quote unquote cool with me, right? And that was some, so again, this is an example, right? Like I was great at reading, I loved reading. I kind of dumbed myself down, quote unquote, or would like pretend to so that, uh, you know, I wouldn't get made fun of anymore and that I would get like positive reinforcements. Today's day and age, I struggle to sit and get myself to read. And it's like, where did that go? Like I, it used to be such a positive thing of mine. And I think what happened was like eventually I started to really like buy into this sort of facade that I was putting on and I would really not read that, you know, kind of shows you how our thoughts can really influence our feelings and our actions, even if it's on a subconscious level. That is actually something like one of my goals this year is I have a goal to read one book per month. I'm a little bit behind right now, but I blame that on my tonsillectomy and the recovery on that. So I'm not too far behind though. I'm almost done with my first book, so I'm super proud. But That being said, that was a skill of mine, right? And so all the stuff, like I want you to think, like if you're someone, and I'm pretty sure no one is exempt from this, like I'm pretty sure we've all had, especially as women, somebody tell us something that we are doing is annoying or too much or or not good enough or, 
you know, whatever, and they all make fun of it or try to shut it down. I want you to think about what those qualities are. Because for all of us, it's going to be different things, obviously, because we're all unique individuals. However, I think you'll kind of find a common thread. So let me go through my little list again here. Dramatics, facial expression, right? Like being expressive, um, makeup, being good at makeup, uh, being passionate, right? Being loud and expressive, uh, being good at reading, Uh, being good at identifying trends, like all these different things, all of that stuff really fuels into what I do now for work and what makes me good at what I do. As a content creator, as a master life coach, confidence coach, as someone who freelances these virtual assistant services out for other creatives, um, and I, I assist on their teams in a lot of big ways, right, through editing and podcast management and social media management, all of these things um, really come together in a way that it's actually the recipe to my magic. (laughs) And it makes me so, you know, a little bit sad because for a long time, like I used to be really down on myself and I used to shrink myself and I used to kind of pull back on these qualities of these things that like actually make me great at who I am. And you know what else was making me think about this? Um, I was I was watching some TikToks on Kim and North's page. If you haven't seen Kim and North's TikToks, like definitely go watch. I'm sure you have. They're all over the internet by now. Go watch. Like North is so expressive, which like we've all seen this for a long time, especially just in how she was on the show when she started to get her own uh, kind of personality. But <laughs> it was like... <laughs> I was watching these TikToks that they're making and they're just these funny like lip syncing videos or dance videos or whatever, but Norse facial expressions and how she moves and shows up and and kind of relates to the voiceover or the music is so pure. And it really reminds me of me in my childhood where I I wouldn't film these silly home videos or I would put on plays or I would perform and I would be so expressive in all of these ways. And then later in my life, I was condemned for that, right? I was too dramatic. I was too much. I was too over the top, too loud, like tone it down. You know, even I would be told this from like past boyfriends or I should say ex-boyfriends or ex-partners or things like that too. And I say, I share all this to say, it's like, how can you tap into those things and use them as your strengths now? And not only that, but like allow yourself to tap back into those things, especially if you're like me. And there was like a point in time where you know, you were shrinking yourself, you were kind of holding back on those things and changing who you who you are to sort of fit the mold and expectations of others. And what's so ironic about that is like every single person who ever told me that stuff, like now wishes they were on my dick, you know, like, <laughs> like they wish they could do what I do. They wish they could live the life that I live. They wish they could have the things that I'm creating. They probably never will because they are judging themselves and still shrinking themselves in this very same way that I used to. And I now see that what they were doing was really just projecting and it was a reflection of their own view of self and likely, you know, this kind of ties into last week's episode of the uh, generational trauma, but probably some things passed down in that way too, right? 
So this all connects back to confidence and self-love, really unconditional self-love and acceptance, which is at the core of confidence. And I want you to just think about like, where can I let myself go back to who I am? And what are some small ways I can do that? Maybe it is prioritizing doing some glam, you know, before you go to work or especially if you're a work from home girly like me, like sometimes you just need it. Maybe it is, you know, buying the outfits and the clothes that like make you feel like yourself. Maybe it is signing back up for a dance class or try some sort of art class that you used to enjoy. Or maybe it is picking up another book, right? Like whatever it could be for you. Um, another example for me is I, when I was in high school and I, I did ballet, okay, So I did ballet, let's take it way back, (laughs) Um, since I was old enough to be in classes and I was pretty good at it. I was always top of my class. I would be invited to these like specialty, you know, summits and stuff by our dance academy and all of that. There was this girl who made fun of me and told me that um, dance was for, that ballet was for wussies and which like, what even is that word? But she told me that in the first grade, And she also bullied me in a lot of other ways. Like I'm allergic to peanut butter and she shoved a peanut butter sandwich in my face. So that was like also trauma. And then her punishment was she had to sit in recess with me, which like, why did I have to sit there with her and write an apology letter? But anyway, I told my mom, like I didn't want to do dance anymore. And I literally quit dance because this girl, because of her bullying. And even though I loved it and it was something that I was good at. So that was, you know, the, the beginning of that, right? Well, then I kind of found my way back to dance, like late middle school, early high school. And I started going to some classes again with my sister because she got into dance and was more um, consistent with it. And I was inspired by that. And then I was on the dance team. So I try out for the dance team for high school and I get on and it was so fun. I was so excited. I loved doing like this different sort of choreography. I had never had a chance to do, you know, like dance team vibes and it's very different, right? Like performing wise, but it was still really fun to me. And I'll never forget, we were out there practicing, um, like on the football field. I'm pretty sure like the guy, like the football team had like conditioning or something. It was not like an actual performance, but so we were still running through it, like, you know, fully, full on, like a (laughs) hundred percent. And our school supervisor, our high school supervisor came to my coach and told her that me, me specifically, my facial expressions were too sexual. I'm just gonna let that one sit there for a minute. I was, you know, had to have been, I was like a a freshman or a sophomore, easily like 16 or younger. And he's saying that I am too sexual. My facial expressions are too sexual. And it just made me like laugh now. Like in the moment I was horrified. I was so upset. I'm like, why am I being targeted? I'm the one performing and giving face. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing. Like we're supposed to be really into it. And it wasn't even a sexual dance. Like it it was just so odd. Like also way to like tell me you're a perv without like being a perv or like pedo, I should say. Like that's so gross and creepy. He was like so weird anyway. So like, why are you looking at me sexualizing my facial expressions for this dance when it's, we're just supposed to be expressive as dancers, but okay. So anyway, that aside, 
I kind of fell out of touch like ever since the dance team. Didn't really continue taking any sort of dance classes through college or anything. I did my fair share of dancing like in clubs and on top of any elevated service I could. But, you know, not the same. So (laughs) this year I ended up actually, uh, I decided that I am starting my pole journey. So I think I might have talked about this a little bit on a previous episode, but I signed up for pole classes and um, it has been literally the most humbling experience. So challenging, but so fun. And I'm also like, so I only got to take two classes before my surgery because I started this kind of like between the holiday and New Year's as much as I could into January. But my, again, my surgery was on the 18th. So I really only had like a couple weeks. So in those couple weeks, I took two pole classes. Each, each were at different studios. So I could kind of figure out like which studio I like. I figured out which one I like. I like the style and the vibes of this one in particular. It is a little bit further away from me, but totally worth it. So I am buying a package um, and I'm going to be taking classes and learning pole dance, you guys. And I'm so excited because I think it's so beautiful. It requires so much strength. It's so hard to do. Like anyone you see who's good at pole dancing and makes it look beautiful and easy and effortless, just know that bitch is ripped. Like she is so fucking strong and badass. Um, So yeah, so I'm super excited and I'm getting back into it. And it's something that I feel like I really love and enjoy. And you know what? Like I don't think my facial expressions were sexual during a dance team dance um in middle school when I was 15 16 years old however you know if if somebody you know ridicules you for something or puts you down over something um like facial expressions in general or being expressive in dance is something that I am good at so I'm getting back into it and I'm tapping into that and letting that kind of flow and see where it takes me I think I'm going to take like some um, chair classes and some floor classes too to just learn some fun like sensual choreography Um, and I'm really excited about that so there are so many different things that you know, again, over the years, people put me down for that actually really fuel into the person that I am. And you may think, oh, well, taking a pole dancing class, like how is that going to really help you? But I think moving my body and expressing myself in different ways, connecting to music, like it's something that really fuels my creativity. It fuels my passion. It makes me feel connected to my life. And there's something like that for everyone, like no matter what it is, maybe it's bird watching, maybe it's beach walking, maybe it's hula hooping um, or rollerblading or, you know, um, like splatter painting or pottery. Like, I don't know, but all these different qualities, maybe it's writing. Like I'm also really good at writing. And for a long time, I was made fun of that. I was even in like my AP lit and lang class, my AP writing, English writing class, all of this stuff. Like I'm going to write a book someday, you guys. And I'm going to, all of these things that like I used to be made fun of for, I'm telling you are what's going to make me a star. And it's the same for you. Like if you're listening to this, you're thinking, oh, that's so cool. Like Cher has got this. Like yeah, all those things are cool, like, because that's what makes her her, but you're not thinking that about yourself. You're wrong. Like, I want you to really, really, really dig deep and give yourself that same 
space of admiration and respect like you deserve it and you are so cool you are so badass you are so hot like everything that makes you you is amazing and I want you to tap into that and ask yourself are there any parts of myself that I let go of or push down and push to the side away that because I was being made fun of or ridiculed for or shunned or whatever that like make you 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 know, I have an ex that thought I was too sexual of a person and that, you know, whatever. But like now my current boyfriend <laughs> loves that about me. So, you know, like you just got to find the right people to celebrate you in the ways that matter. And it ordered, and in order to do that, it really starts with you. Like you have to celebrate you. You have to love and honor and accept everything about yourself that makes you amazing, that makes you a star. Because you are, and I love you, and I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you love this episode. Please, 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 because we are new, give us a rating on Spotify. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there, um, and share this episode with a friend who needs to hear it today. Let me know what you think. Um, you can always DM me on Instagram and share your thoughts, or let me know what you think in the review. I love you guys, and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to She's Unlocked. If you enjoy this podcast, you have to check out my coaching programs. We take a deep dive into your goals and create a clear action plan for you to turn your dreams into your reality. Confidence and self-love truly affect every area of your life. What will become possible for you when you unlock yourself? To learn more, visit SheridanLeatherberry.com forward slash coaching. That's my first and last name, SheridanLeatherberry.com forward slash coaching to learn more. I love to be part of your confidence journey.